embedded strategies because there's something in all of us we like to share. All right, so the last few podcasts I've had entrepreneurs that were in the internet marketing space. Today we're going to be talking about some folks that I personally met when I was looking for other ways of making streams of income for my wife. And we found this couple on YouTube that were going to thrift shops and they were finding items and then making a simple $10,000 plus a month selling used items out of thrift shops and garage sales and you name it. I think mainly it was thrift shops what they were focused on. But Dave and Sarah Gilman were the couples that we found on YouTube and they run a company called Gil Money. At least that's their brand, Gil Money. You can find them on YouTube. And I'm going to bring him out today to discuss because I've always connected with him because of his humbleism. He's pretty straight up dude. I mean, as successful as he was, uh, or rather is, he did not think twice about uh, brushing me off. He actually gave me the opportunity to learn from him. I shared some stuff that I knew, and we came together and really got to understand each other. And he even invited me out to Florida where I got to learn how they're making gobs of money through Amazon. So they shifted their energy from eBay over to Amazon. So if you're a drop shipper, if you're a reseller, if you're someone that likes to learn private labeling, this is the couple that you want to surround yourself with. This niche is what my wife and I spent about four years of our life from 2011 to uh, pretty much today. We're still selling on Amazon. We're still selling on eBay. We're still applying a lot of information because that's what my wife can do from home. It's something simple. And just recently we connected with a, a local business to help them scale up and sell some of their products. So this information can be pretty fun if you like this kind of business. It's an offline business mixed with some online stuff. This is the webinar. This is the podcast that I want you guys to listen to. We're going to talk about, like all my all my guests, I like to ask them, where did they come from? Okay, What got them to the point where they were frustrated to finally pull the trigger? Because I want to make sure that your mindset doesn't just say, okay, I'm going to go all in with, with quitting my job, or if I get laid off and you're frustrated, then it's time to make the move. Does that make sense? So this these couples here, Dave and Sarah Gilman, are going to be the couples that you really want to lock arms with if you decide that this is a niche for you, this is where you want to go. There'll be an affiliate link at the bottom so you guys can join their training center and all that good stuff and connect with them, and we'll have all that information for you. So without further ado, let's get right into it, the Gil Buddies. This is episode four. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast. It's your host, Cesar Ramirez here of Embedded Strategies Podcast. This is another episode. Today, I have the pleasure of featuring a lovely couple, full-time work-at-home parents, Dave and Sarah Gilman, who have been selling online full-time for over six years. I personally have come across them through YouTube a little bit over three years ago, and I really like their humble of approach of just being average Joes. They weren't trying to be flashy. As a matter of fact, uh, Dave has shared a lot of awesome nuggets that you guys will receive here on this uh, podcast today. Um, They made the decision after losing everything back in 08 in the economy crash, as we all know and have been through it, um, that they're just going to sell on eBay full-time. And they soon discovered that a full-time income can be made from home. Three years ago, they decided to start private labeling on Amazon. Within three months, they were making over $10,000 $10,000 per month profit, they decided to stop selling used, used items on eBay and focus only on private label. Now they have expanded their business to Europe and are running are now running over six figures a month private label business. Pretty awesome, guys. So uh, welcome to the show, guys, today, and uh, appreciate having you guys on. 
Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, no problem. So it's a mouthful that I introduced you there, but uh, once you go ahead, give us your, your your story, man. What what got you fired up? I mean, I know you kind of uh, say you hit the crash in 08 because I've been there as myself. Uh, what, what drove you? Well, I mean, uh, you know, I, I've been selling. I mean, I was always familiar with eBay. It always just kind of uh, – kind of was a really neat concept, you know, to, um, I guess go through high school in the nineties and stuff when computers were just starting to, you know, go into homes and stuff. And then eBay comes on the scene and people are getting checks in the mail for selling stuff online. I was like, that's really cool. So I always had this kind of thing in the back of my head to where it was like, you know, this, that's really neat. You know, you can, you can stay home, uh, you can create your own schedule and make a full-time living. Well, hopefully make a full-time living. And back then, I mean, there wasn't a lot of people making a full-time living. It was just kind of a kind of a hobby, you know. Sure. So I was in the military at the time, and, you know, kind of on the weekends, we would go to yard sales and pick some stuff up. And we didn't have smartphones back then, so you just kind of had to guess. That's a good deal. I could probably sell it online. And so we would sell things online. And throughout my, you know, my whole time in the military, I was always buying and selling on eBay, you know, on the part, just part-time. And I started uh, buying... Uh, you know, new products, buying wholesale. It, it was a lot easier back then. I mean, you could find a wholesale distributor and you could sell on eBay. There, there wasn't a ton of people doing that yet. Now it's a lot harder. But, you know, it, it got to the point to where when I got out of the military, I was like, yeah, I really want to, you know, pursue this. So I started actually selling body jewelry on uh, eBay for a while. And, uh, you know, we go and spend a thousand bucks or fifteen hundred bucks on body jewelry and we'd sell it. And we weren't making on like a ton of money, but we were we were doing okay. You know, I, I didn't have like real professional pictures or nothing. It was just a, more of a hobby on the side thing. Sure. And we did that for, I mean, we sold body jewelry on the side for probably what a few years or something. Yeah. Just kind of always, always was just a you know extra two three hundred bucks a week or something. So, so you're talking and, about this stuff that goes through like the nose, like piercings and that that kind of jewelry, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, wow. Yeah. Interesting, interesting niche. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> we sold a lot of that, and um, after a while, of course, that became extremely saturated. I mean, you could go to China. You could buy the stuff really cheap in bulk. You could even find wholesale sites in the United States and buy bulk, and, you know, there's just a lot of people selling it. Sure. Um, you know, after I just I started uh, working, you know, for a company. I started working for Schwann's Frozen Food for a while. I've always liked selling things, so it was right down my alley. I did that for two years decided to, you know, I've always been kind of that entrepreneur type mindset. I always wanted to have my own business and be my own boss. So we ended up moving, uh, moving everything, went back up to Idaho and, uh, I opened a, a tool company. Uh, it was a franchise tool company, uh, Cornwell tools, uh, mobile tool business. Okay. And it just seemed like a good opportunity. I had some money from the house sell and, uh, I figured I could make a bunch of money. Uh, my first year, I made about eighty thousand uh, with that business, and then uh, the next year was like uh, what two thousand seven, two thousand eight, somewhere 2008. in there. Two thousand eight. Yeah, and then it just money stopped coming in. I mean, the people were getting laid off. The mechanic shops, you know, they were losing their jobs, and uh, I slowly started using credit cards to kind of supplement everything to, you know, thinking it's going to get better next month or in a few months, I just got to ride this through and it never came. So we, we actually, lost our 
business, our house, our car. We lost everything that we had. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So I stopped paying my mortgage because I was like, that's okay. I can get that special program they have later when things get better. And uh, it never happened. So eventually we just said, I think that was yeah. the mentality of a lot of us too. Yeah, I was there yeah. too. And it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was it was heartbreaking, but you know, I I remember the way I felt when I finally made the decision to shut the business down. It was like a great feeling. I thought it would be it was a scary feeling before I made the decision. And then and he I just came home one day and said he was done. Yeah, I came home one day and I kind of looked at her and I just said, "I'm done." I'm done. I'm not doing this no more. I'm shutting it down. I'm not, I cannot sit here and live here in debt like this and just hoping every day that things are going to get better. I need to change something. Right. So she's, she, she was happy. She was like, I'm glad you finally decided to do that. (laughs) It was very stressful. So, uh, the next week or two I went around told all my customers I was shutting my doors and yeah, I just closed my doors. We moved out of that house. I went and rented and I got a regular, job nine to five nine yeah nine to five job working for direct tv um and it was mainly just because i just needed something until i could figure out what i wanted to do yeah a little breather for sure yeah so it's just kind of like a lot of the entrepreneurs have probably been there you just say i give up on this it's time to make a change but you still need money so you go out and get a job and you always tell yourself it's just temporary Uh, a lot of people never get out of that temporary situation but i did um, I started going to college thinking that if I got a degree or something, you know, then maybe I can get a nice job making really good money. I wanted to make 100000 a year. That's what I wanted. But he was going, He was working at DirecTV full-time and going to college full-time. I was working at Walmart full-time at night and then watching the kids during the day. We were definitely packed. We had no free time. So, yeah. so Sarah, yeah. you used to see the fun stuff at Walmart at night because um, the freaks always come out at night. <laughs> yeah, we, we got pretty crazy stuff. I I lived right across the street from one, so I should I should know. Our, we had a brand new development in '05 uh, built for us, and you know, same thing. The '08 crash really hurt us, but uh, some smart developer decided to put a Walmart right across the street. So I can uh, always appreciate walking across at night and seeing the interesting people at Walmart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, you, and you did this, Dave, with. Wait, how many kids did you have at the time uh, of the, all two. this transitioning? You, you have yeah, two? we had two, okay. two kids, same, same two kids we got now. Yeah, so um, you know. Well, you, you, I hope so. From what he remembers. But, you know, I, I can, and that's why I like to have you guys on because, Sarah, I, I can, I mean, you, you have a big heart, obviously, to support your husband. And I've seen a lot of marriages, you know, leaders I used to follow. And I mentioned this a lot in my in my podcast that um, nothing is perfect. We always want to see as us as leaders um, or trying to be leaders. We look at our leaders and above, and if they can hold it down at home, which you guys did uh, with with your love life and then now your financial life, um, that's that's an A plus in my book. You guys, it's one of the reasons why, like I say, why you guys are on here because I love to see that story. Um, and I think a lot of us, especially when we're when we're single, um, we want something to work uh, hopefully forever. And right. not just our, our love life, but also our financial life. So um, congratulations, big applause for you, Sarah, because you stuck around to support him. <laughs> yeah, she's always she's always supported me in all my crazy ideas. And I, I, I know that's why, I, you know, we're at where we're at today is because I, I don't give up. I'm just always like, hey, let me try this. Right. I, at one time, I actually built an ice cream truck. <laughs> an ice cream really? truck that I, I was supposed to drive. She was at home while I was doing my tool business. So I said, hey. 
you know, these guys are doing a cash business with an ice cream truck. I went out and bought a van, put a motor in it, built a giant ice cream cone on top of it, you know, built windows and everything. And I got it done. And she goes, you know, I'm not going to drive an ice cream truck. And I said, okay. So I had no air conditioning. So I sold the ice cream truck. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. But but I'd seen the potential. I'd seen that it could make money. I'd seen that she could go out and make money, and I he was going to go a for hobby. it. Yeah, needed a <laughs> hobby, I guess. But but no, and, I, and you're I worked... and you're a builder too, so that helps you. Um, there's some therapy there, um, therapeutic. There you go to uh, go out and build something, and then turn around and see it flourish from making making you some money. So I can see why you got excited about that. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It was fun, but I, I worked at Directv for. About a year and a half or so, maybe two years at the most. Um, and after a while, I really hated it because it was a call center. People call in and complain, and I'm always trying to keep be positive, and I always get negativity all day long. And I started doing eBay on the side and okay. s- selling things on eBay. And eventually, I was making more money on eBay than I was working at Directv. Nice. So nice. I. Pretty much got really lazy at DirecTV, hoping they would fire me, and they finally did. <laughs> and, uh, and it's a beautiful story. I, I, I didn't want to quit because I've never quit a job, and I just that kind of mentally was my thing too. I've never quit a job, and I've actually never been fired from a job either, but this one I wanted to get fired at so I could get unemployment, <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so I did get fired, and they fired me, and I was really happy. I said, man, this is great, and I even told them that I said, this is great. It's a beautiful day outside. Thank you. You know, and they looked at me all funny, but I knew at that time that now that I'm fired, I can focus a hundred percent on this eBay thing and make even more money. And, uh, I just started selling on eBay and then eventually I was making more than her job as well. So I told her, if you come help me with this, we'll make even more money. And then we don't, you don't have to go to work, you know, and work at Walmart anymore. So then I stopped working at Walmart and I started going to college full time. And helping him with the eBay stuff. Yeah, and we just grew it. Um, you know, we grew that, and it was just it's the stuff we sold was just so unbelievable that to this day, I started making YouTube videos to try to help people and show them that you can go out with twenty dollars and start building a, an online business. That that it's it's more of an online job, I guess you can say, because there's work involved, but people think that there's no hope for them, that they can't go out there, that, that they're stuck with the $11 an hour job they have, or they're stuck with this. But if you stop and go out and create something for yourself, you know, you, you, you can surprise yourself with how much money is possible. And I still have, like I was saying, still have people to this day go on my videos and say, there's no way you sold that for that much because it, it was junk. It truly was dr- junk. But wow. I got, we got really good at being able to go out and find junk that most people would never even think to buy and put it on eBay and sell it because eBay has millions of people looking for things. Sure. So, you know, you go on there and you sell old vacuum cleaner hose for $40. People go, no way. Or a lid for a food processor. Yeah. Or a lid for a food processor for $30. People are going, no way you can buy a new one for this. And I go, well, you know, somebody out there loves their vacuum and their hose is broken. And guess what? They will pay $40 for that hose. Because they'd rather <laughs> spend $40 on a hose than go spend $400 on a new vacuum. Right. Well, Two, that, three, that, that's, that's a good point that you brought up because my washing machine broke down last month and it was therapeutic for me to just take it apart and see what's actually going on with it. Well, you know, after taking it – once you're in the in the game, once you're like deep into taking the thing apart, in this case a vacuum cleaner, you're like, why am I going to go buy a new one? Because this is already – I'm already attached to it. I'm already putting the work into it. You're right. And that, that's what happened to me. Uh, eventually, got to the point where 
the drum itself of, of the, the the washer was not uh, was was corroded, so it was more expensive for that drum, you know, to purchase that drum than to it's just <laughs> buy another washing machine. So right, right. Um, but you're right. You got you brought up a good point. There's people out there looking for parts. Yeah, so. and, and we did a lot of that. I mean, we sold a lot of weird stuff that only a very small percentage of people would buy, and that was the stuff we made the most money on. Um, but I mean, it wasn't it didn't take long from doing that. I mean, we did that for probably two, three years or so. And then I hit a point to where I'm like, you know, in order for me to grow this to more money, because, you know, as as people, we always want to grow. We always want more. And so I wanted to grow. I wanted more. I wanted, you know, nice, you know, bigger paycheck every week. And with so, the two of us, we just couldn't grow anymore. We would either have to hire people or find another way to expand. Or never have any family time and just constantly be working, working, working. And I, I, I don't want to do that. I want to make things easier. Right. Um, but really, it was probably making the YouTube channel that, that really helped bring us to where we're at. Because, you know, when you help people, they also help you. Sure. And people sure. would send me emails saying, have you looked at this opportunity? Have you looked at selling on Amazon? So... I looked at selling on Amazon, and we started incorporating Amazon into our eBay business as well. So within, I'd say, two, three months, that Amazon account, in very with very little effort, got, was, was doing, you know, uh, I don't know, about 6000 a month or something. And then we had our eBay account that was doing 10, 11, 12000 a month, depending on the month. And so it added some income, but then I hit that wall again to where it was like, you know, I can keep growing this and make even more money, but I'll have to work more. And somebody had mentioned, have you looked into private labeling? And I was like, what is that? You know, private labeling. So I looked into it, uh, tried my hand with the first product. And then eventually I got some, you know, I, I took a course, got some more training and some more information on what I'm doing wrong. And yeah, I mean, within three months, um, our one product that we had was profiting, you know, about close, right around 10,000 a month. You know, sometimes a little more, sometimes a little less. And that's when I knew that, you know, we were still doing eBay at the time, that I wanted to focus all my time on that because it's just such a huge opportunity and I need to take advantage of it now while I can. Um, So we just kept launching products and we're still launching products to this day. So that's, we just kind of have a schedule. We have a couple virtual assistants. So I have a graphic designer that works for me. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's growing, which is great. So... That's pretty awesome, man. I think uh, you guys have a pretty remarkable story. When, like I said, when I met you guys in 2014 or so, I was looking for how to learn how to do Amazon and uh, and eBay. See if I, you know, I was doing the dropshipping thing, but you guys were were teaching folks, hey, we're just average Joes. Look at us, and we're driving out to different locations, finding a product, flipping it. And that's actually when I got into the offline stuff. Just started driving around. Said, hey, it's not too bad. We did garage sales and that kind of stuff, and so. Um, it, it was always been a pleasure to uh, still maintain you guys as friends. And I remember me being so excited. I'm like, man, I really like this guy. I want to partner up with them. And you said, no, you know what? It's better if we don't partner up. Let me just help you out. And and that way we can maintain friendship because a lot of times partnerships don't work out. And I always respected that. That's why we're still friends. <laughs> because a lot of partnerships are yeah. right. There's a lot of people that want to partner up, but then you don't know how it's going to turn out. So that's always um, scary. But I, I do believe in, like Sarah said earlier, leveraging yourself, You know, finding that right team of people to do uh, to do it, and so um, that's that's awesome, man. I have um, this thing that's always been in the back of my mind, and I think a lot of people that listen to this, this webinar uh, or rather a podcast may come across this question. 
how do you handle your competitors? You brought up one of them before. What, what do you do with those guys? Do you use them as your leverage or do you just completely ignore them? How do you handle your competition? Well, I mean, on Amazon, competition is inevitable. If you don't have competition, it's going to happen. And that's why it's so important. You know, a lot of people get into this business that we do and they think, well, if I can just get one or two good products, I'll be set. And that's that's the wrong way to look at it. Because if you do get one or two good products, chances are it's not very saturated or or you have a competitive edge. But either one of those things can change, you know, over time. People, more people are going to come into your space. More people are going to compete. If you have an edge, they're going to copy you. They're going to do exactly the same thing you're doing. They're going to beat you up on price. So it's important to keep launching products. But with competitors, I mean, yeah, that's that's what you do, right? I mean, you got to think of like McDonald's or Burger King, right? McDonald's says, we're doing a monopoly game. We're going to make a ton of money. Burger King says, oh, well, we got, uh, you know, 10 nuggets for 250. Come over here, <laughs> you know? So sure. they're dollar 50 or $1.50, whatever. <laughs> fifty for 10 nuggets. So they're always, you're always trying to kind of come out with some sort of competitive edge to uh, attract more buyers to your product. So one person may lower their price. Well, I like to you know, maybe put something that's, you know, uh, relevant. relevant, yeah, to the product with the product, or maybe make mine a little bigger, a little better or stronger. It, that's the way you can combat it. But uh, eventually your sales will go down because people will, other companies and other people are going to go out there and they're going to copy you and they're going to, you eventually you're going to have two, 300 people selling the same product. Yeah, that makes sense. What, uh, what would you say like an average day looked like for you? Um, you wake up about what time and what time do you turn off? What time do you turn off the machine, the mind, the mental mind? Well, I get up at noon, <laughs> later if possible. No wonder yeah, I can't I, get a hold of you at eight in the morning. <laughs> no, you can't. You usually can't get a hold of us at eight in the morning. I mean, if if I have somewhere to be or I have something going on in the morning, then I'll get up. But normally, I mean, I stay up late a lot of times, you know, because that's kind of when my factories are working and. That's why I'm building a team right now to kind of manage that for me. I'm putting a system in place so they can start doing all the communication with uh, with my suppliers and stuff like that. But currently, I communicate a lot with my suppliers, and uh, so I mean, they're you know they start talking to me around seven, eight o'clock at night, and sometimes you know I'll get done talking to them at ten or eleven, but then I need to kind of unwind a little bit, so I'll be up till two. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, normally I, I usually get up probably around 9, 10 o'clock, um, sometimes 11 if I stayed up too late. But she, she, I, she'll she sleep all day if I let her. Sleeping is my favorite <laughs> pastime. Um, yeah, they, but they say naps I, are very good for you, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I do have a, you know, I have a schedule that I try to stick to. Um, that Because if you don't, it's really easy when you work for yourself to, um, you know, kind of fall off and start just not working, especially when you make good money. You know, you think it's bad when you don't make good money, but when you make good money, you don't care because if you sat around for three, four hours, you're like, uh, it's okay. I made $500 profit in that time. You know, it's not a big deal, Sure. but you're also not growing. So you have to kind of be your own boss and make a schedule. So I have different things I do every day of the week now. And, uh, as long as I get those things done, I'm happy. I don't necessarily have a specific time set for each thing because things come up or or like this call comes up and I can do it, but I can push something, you know, push something to later on and it's not a big deal. But you do have to be very disciplined if you want to work for yourself because and that's the biggest thing I think that people don't do when they don't make it. 
They don't they don't make it and they say it's because of the information or it's the strategy or it's it's they blame anything and everything but themselves. And most of the time it's because that's they so need, they need to change the way their mind thinks and they don't that's the last thing people try to do. People don't spend time for their for themselves or meditate or read good books or set a schedule or they don't do all the things that successful people do. All they focus on is you know, they see an ad somewhere. I just seen an ad today. Uh, you know, how I make $14 million in a year and I did it in 12 months and I'll show you exactly how to do it. So they'll click on something like that and they'll think it's all about the content. It's all about <laughs> the information. And it's not because a successful person can take almost any system that, that works and make it work. That's right. You know, that's why you see these guys that win at almost everything they do. You know, they win at Amazon or they win at Shopify and then they win at selling T-shirts on Facebook. And these guys are just winning all the time. You got to stop and think, what are they wait doing a second. that I'm not? It's not the, it's not the content. It's there's, there's so we're flooded with information and systems that work, but we're not flooded with people that have the right mindset to, you know, uh, accomplish them. That's so true because I was actually talking to a gentleman yesterday from Florida and he's, he reaches out to me. He says, you know, what who, what do you suggest I do? Uh, I haven't worked since April of 2016. I'm trying to transition into a business mindset. But I, I know for a fact my mindset's not right. So at least he recognized it. The challenge now is you have to look for free content because if you don't have an income, you're not going to be able to hire a coach, you know. Um I didn't really have my breakthrough in, until like '09 when I hired a, a millionaire coach, and that really changed my game. So, if you want to be successful in business, you know th you have to invest back into yourself, whether it's through a book, like Dave said, audios. Um, I mean, the, the Slide Edge was really the one that launched it for me back in '07. That kind of got me into this personal development world. What would you say is that audio or that book for you guys that that you can remember that hey, this is it. This is what I'm connecting with so that I can shift into that direction. Do you guys remember? Yeah, I mean, it, was, it had to have been Tony Robbins. Um, okay. That's, I, I've always had this, that mindset, though. I've always just had that, like I said, entrepreneurial thing sure. going on in my mind. It just Everything I've always tried to do, I've always had these wild ideas. I never really worried too much about risk because I always look at the worst-case scenario of everything. And the worst-case scenario of everything wasn't that I was going to be walking around without arms and limbs, you know, I'm not out uh, defusing bombs or nothing. So right. it was, it was usually, it's usually something simple like, Oh, I got to go to work. Oh, I got to go get a real job. Oh, you know, and which it's not that bad, but the Tony Robbins, when I was doing eBay, um, what actually made me start wanting to connect with people was I was listening and we actually found it at a thrift store, um, was the, uh, awaken the giant within audio. Awesome. And I was listening to that, and he's telling you, do it. You just got to do it. And I'm listening. I'm going, man, I really want this is great stuff. You know, this is this is how my mind works, but this sure. is also how I need to be thinking all the time. And that's through, I don't know, about halfway through that, I pulled my phone out and started making YouTube videos because I wanted to help people give back, but I also wanted to connect with people and network and be able to create opportunities for myself. I thought he was a crazy person, and I hid from the camera. And then yeah. we went to a Tony Robbins event, and we're actually getting ready to go to another one in March. Yeah, yeah. So, so I like so, I like so you Tony guys. Robbins. Have you guys walked on the uh, coals yet? <laughs> yes. Yeah, we did. That that's awesome. Wow. Yeah, yeah. We walked on the coals, and um, but yeah, you know, there's 
it's it's just the truth is is you've got to surround yourself with people that you want to be like. And like right. you said, when you're on a limited budget or you don't have that much money, then you need to go to YouTube and you need to surround yourself through video with successful people and listen to how they think. If you listen to these people and you surround yourself with these people all the time, then you're going to start thinking like them. You know, you're going to start it's like going to church, right? If you if you're religious, you go to church, and you That's go right. to church to keep that motivation and keep your religion and keep your faith. That's it's right. it's no different than keeping the right mindset. You have to go out there and you have to surround yourself. And then once you make more money, then you can actually go meet these people, or you can network with people and travel and 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 hang out with them. It it's like they say. I mean, there's a lot of places that you read that they say, you know, you're you're the average of the top you know five people that you hang out with. And it's, it's true. Funny, it's funny you say that because that's exactly what was we're on the same wavelength of thinking because that's exactly what I was about to say. And you read my mind. Right. That's that's true. You, you hear that. And it's not just with finances, but it's also with the foods we eat. Right. It's with our it is. it's our relationships with people. You know, um, I had a I don't know about you guys. I had to fire a lot of friends that weren't thinking like I was. And it was yep. very difficult because a lot of them were childhood friends. But they were just trying to keep me. Uh, you probably heard this story. You know, it's like the leaking bucket of, of the crabs. You know, the crabs. If if there's five crabs inside a bucket and you're trying to get out, they're gonna try to pull you back down. And right. It's it's that it's that crab bucket. You know. Um, and that's when you know you're on the right track, though. You know, when people are sure. telling you're nuts sure. and you're crazy, and they always suggest that you do exactly what they're doing. Right. They suggest you go get a job. They say, hey, I can talk to my boss and get you a job over here. You know, so you don't have to do that crazy, risky thing you're trying to do to make millions. His dad told us for years, why don't you get a real job? You need a 401k. You need this. You need that. Just oh, yeah. go get a real job. Yeah, that's that's how Americans survive. That's how we live. That's how we do it. You know, and I was just like, nope. I'm going to make this work and it, it fuels you. It should fuel you, fuel you more. It should my, make my you dad was exactly wrong. like that for many, many years until uh, the 08 crash. And you know, their 401k became a 101k. They're like, okay, this is not working. <laughs> you know, that hurt a little bit. So I know, I know what you're, you're talking about, man. So yeah, you know, Dave and Sarah, I really appreciate you guys' time, you know, coming out here. How can folks find you? What's the best place to reach you? I know you said YouTube, but, uh, is it YouTube or Facebook or what platform? Well, I mean, I do have a YouTube channel. Um, originally, that channel was all like eBay and resellers. So I have a lot of people that watch it that really want me to start reselling again, <laughs> like yeah. reselling uh, thrift store goods. I, I post a video every now and then on there. Um, it's more motivational and it's aimed towards you, you can take it for whatever you know um, sure. you're doing. I mean, eBay, Amazon, anything you're trying to do. So I've been trying to focus more on that. I have made a new goal this year to start trying to do a video more often. So I, I put it in my schedule to try to make a video every Thursday. That doesn't mean it's going to post on Thursday, but <laughs> that's one of my goals because I, I do enjoy, you know, just just networking and uh, trying to. If I can say something that helps somebody's life, I think it brings a lot of value to mine. So, oh, absolutely. Um, but, yeah. But my YouTube channel, if you just type in Gil Daddy anywhere in YouTube, you'll find it. Um, you can message me on Facebook. We have a, a Facebook group too. It's called uh, Gil, Gil, Money. Gil Money as well. You can find that. We actually have a website that's gilmoney.com. I have a website, gilmoney.com. Awesome. And if somebody wants to get uh, going in this industry, would you send them straight to private labeling or um, 
going to eBay stuff? What would you suggest? You know, it, it just depends on where a person's at. I've talked with people that say, you know, I just got out of this or that, and I, I have 10000 or 20000 to spend on something. What would you suggest? And you think this is a good opportunity? And I'd say, absolutely. I've had people that say that they, you know, they don't have $1,000. They don't have $500. How can they get started in private labeling? And while you could, technically, I mean, there is some very, I guess, you know, small ways you could get started, but like go to Dollar General or, or go to some stores and private label stuff by putting a sticker on it. Realistically, I would say that eBay is a good stepping stone to start with first. eBay and Amazon, just go into local places and start buying and selling to build up enough money that you can start buying, you know, big quantities of products to sell on Amazon. And there are tons of YouTube channels out there that are more up to date than ours is anymore that it can help with the eBay. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, once again, guys, thank you for coming out and, uh, you know, look forward and seeing what you guys do here in the next few years. Yeah. Well, thank thanks you. for having us, Caesar. Appreciate it. All right, guys, that wraps up session number four of embedded strategies you want to make sure if you haven't if you're tuning in for the first time you want to make sure you subscribe you can go to embeddedstrategies.com and just click the subscribe button we got subscription links for android for iphone for any pretty much any device that you need for your likings we'll see you guys on the next one